Hello and welcome to the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life. My name is Kyle Case and I'll be your host on this amazing journey as we attempt to help you get the most out of your life. Joining me in the studio today is my co-pilot, Jeff Harding. Jeff, how are you doing today? I'm feeling unseasonably cold today. Unseasonably cold? Because it is fall. Yes, but it's... Even cold it's for co- it's, it's cold it's, it's for very our cold. area. The whole area it? is cold. Yes, yeah, the Canadians sent some cold air down to us, and they've they did. they left it down here. Yes, <laughs> they did. It it has been chilly, it, but it, but it is fall. It's the last day of uh, October, which means yes, that it, it is, is Halloween, Halloween. Right? So I guess I should, I should be scared of being unseasonably cold or something like that. Well, I don't know if it's scary, but it's it is cold. I, yes, I'll yes. I'll agree to that. I'll agree to that. But in honor of the last day of October being Halloween. Oh, uh, it's the sweetest holiday around, as we know. Oh yeah, well, unless it's, Christmas is pretty sweet, and so Christmas is, can be too. So, but so is Easter. Here's what I thought I'd do, uh, Jeff. I thought I would put a little trick in your bag, oh. or or a treat, depending on how you look at I'm it. I'm taking my pockets, depending on how you look at it. I want to talk today about what happens to our body when we eat too much candy. Besides the heavenly bliss that we fall into just before our sugar coma. Well, that's. That's maybe step one. <laughs> what happens after that? Yes, right? Uh-huh. So this is according to uh, the website Eat This, Not That. Okay. I know that's a TV show as well. But anyway, uh, here's here's the deal. We're eating a lot of candy. As Americans, we tend to eat a lot of candy. Yes, we do. Uh, I think it's safe to say, I think we could all agree probably that we're just eating too much candy on average. Well, yeah. The average American... Well, let me... Uh, sorry, let me restate that. Americans as a whole spend more on candy at the end of October than during any other holiday season. Yeah, that makes sense. And of course, we share a lot of it with our neighbors, we share, kids. Yeah, we do. We spread it around a little bit. But according to the National Retail Federation, we shelled out $2.6 billion on candy for trick-or-treaters in 2018. That's a lot and of that, candy. That equals 300,000 tons of candy. Wow. 300,000 tons of candy. So, again, I think it's safe to say that we're probably eating a little too much candy. Yes, we are. But let's assume that all of that candy is eaten. Uh Uh-huh. We're probably taking in far more sugar than the public health institutions recommend. Well, yeah. yeah. The USDA gives a suggested limit of 50 grams, which is about 12 teaspoons of added sugar each day. That's the limit that they say. Which seems like a lot, but it really isn't when you start looking at all the that's, food that has a, sugar in it. That's what I was going to say. Listen to this. 12 teaspoons. That's the equivalent of just 30 pieces of candy corn. Now, I know not everybody loves candy corn, and maybe you don't like it. That, that's that's one sitting. Well, that's not even one sitting. It's like literally one handful. Like you grab some out of the bag. You've got those in your hand. There's probably 30 in your hand. You throw those all in your mouth at one time. Yeah, and then you've eaten your daily allowance, and you're sure. And you've only just begun, right? Oh, yeah. So, oh, yeah. So, so during Halloween especially, it's entirely possible that we take in hundreds and hundreds of grams of added sugar uh, on that special day. So yes. I want to talk about the short-term effects of having too much okay, candy because there are some. Let's find out what's going when, on. When it's all said and done and your living room is littered with wrappers. The, oh, no. The question my my, my is, garbage can is full of wrappers. <laughs> the garbage can is full. The question is, is what is happening inside your body? So here's mm-hmm. the deal. Sugar takes a path through your esophagus yes. and down into your stomach. As all your food to, does. And then to your small intestine where it gets absorbed into the bloodstream in its simplest form, which is glucose. Right. Right? 
So from there, glucose gets distributed to muscles and to organs, and that's what provides them with the energy that they need. So so that process is actually not a bad thing. That's a good thing. No, that's Our, normal. We, yes. Yeah, we need carbohydrates. We need glucose in order to survive, in order to live. We need that. The problem is is that when we have a major influx of sugar, the body does get overwhelmed. Sure. So high f- sugar foods uh, with few other nutrients uh, to, to break them down are absorbed quickly, which leads to an increase in blood sugar levels and then a decrease as insulin helps glucose enter the cells. Mm. So that process we experience is what you just referred to uh, as, a, as a sugar coma or a sugar yeah. crash. So you you get that high, and then it drops you right down low. That's a sugar crash. For most of us, that's a temporary state, and it usually only makes us feel sick for a little while. Or groggy or Or groggy, right? So eating too much candy can make you feel ill, maybe a little bit regretful, Mm -hmm. (laughs) maybe. You know, I can also say I've never experienced that. I've never eaten so much that I've had that, that crash. Oh, really? I've never had a crash from sugar, no. Have you ever had a regret from eating too much sugar? Well, only the next day when I see my weight. But <laughs> <laughs> okay. Not day of. <laughs> okay. I was going to say, you've never experienced a runner's high or a, 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 well, a sugar no, binge never, regret, huh? Never had a runner's high? No. <laughs> just stay right in the middle. That's, just, that's, that's the safe place to be. That's right. Uh, the, the sugar crash or the, the sick feeling that you feel from eating too much candy, um, it doesn't usually require medical attention or anything like that. Mm. It's, its effects are short-lived. However, there are some effects in the long term that we ought to be aware of and maybe Mm -hmm. address on today, the sweetest of all days. Uh, In the long term, repeated indulgence in high sugar foods can increase your risk for a number of health problems. Let's run through just a few of them. Okay. Diabetes. Yes. Obesity. Okay, check. Heart heart disease. (laughs) Depression, cancer, and even poor memory have all been linked to a diet high in sugar. Are there any bad parts of having too much sugar? Yeah, well, it depends on how you look at those oh. diseases there. <laughs> oh, did you mention something? Oh, I yeah, remember. You just, you just closed your ears to all of that, right? Most experts believe that this is uh, because sugar causes inflammation in the body. And over time, in combination with other factors like stress or poor sleep or maybe even lack of exercise, inflammation can become chronic and disrupt the body's healthy processes, which does lead to some pretty serious illnesses. Mm-hmm. So we want to be aware of that. Here's the compromise, especially on Halloween. You ready? Yes. With the variety of health issues that are connected to excess sugar, doctors say, experts say, and studies show that it's worth bringing some mindfulness to your candy consumption this time of year. So no one is saying that you need to abstain 100% and that you can't enjoy the holiday. One thing that you could do, and this is a simple thing, but you could be more selective about your sweets. So for example, separate your candy into piles of things that you like the most and everything else. Mm-hmm. And then you could give away or just get rid of the everything else pile and eat the things so that you like the most. Basically anything with chocolate and then everything be, else. Be mindful. Be mindful <laughs> of what you eat and then get rid of the things that you don't love. You could donate it to a good cause. You could send it to send uh, some treats to troops overseas, for example, or you could take it down to a local homeless shelter. Uh, if you really don't like these types of candy, you're not really missing out on it anyway. No. And some, I mean, let's be honest. You get in a, a groove and you're just throwing everything in your mouth, right. even if you don't really like it. That's just one simple way that you can kind of find that compromise. When you do decide to enjoy your favorite Halloween candy, make sure that you really enjoy it, that you savor it, 
that you give it your full attention so that you really can get the joy from it. So do you need it. to close your office store and just really sit there and savor just it? Just savor okay. it, for sure. So if my office store is closed, don't knock. Okay, I won't, because uh, I know you'll be savoring that Halloween candy. <laughs> but doing so has been shown to increase pleasurable sensations around food, and it does help prevent overeating as well. Mm. Instead of just like opening your mouth and just shoveling it in, if you take a minute and just enjoy it, mm-hmm. you can find more joy in it, and it'll keep you from overeating. And that, Jeff, is some advice on how to enjoy this hall- this Halloween season. I wonder if there's anybody else in our studio that could give us their opinion on that particular subject. I have a feeling that our guest today has plenty of opinions on a lot of different subjects. None of them are expert opinions. They're just opinions. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Today's guest is none other than Huntsman World Senior Games Director of Sports, Mr. John Rosie Rosander. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me, and uh, I, uh, I'm i happy to be here. At least that's my opinion. That's your opinion. Well, we're <laughs> glad that you're here. With the games and just we, ending, we thought that it would be fun to uh, invite Rosie to come and visit with us. He is, uh, as I said, the director of sports. We thought he might have some insights and stories from uh, his experience, boots on the ground, so to speak. Rosie's been involved in the games for 32 years. Is that right? You yeah. Missed, you missed the very first one, but, yeah. but every year after that, you've been I, involved. I did. I did. I, I heard of the first one when they came out with the newspaper telling of the results and okay, things so that were was happening. Over. And yeah, it was over. And I thought, God, oh, that'd be kind of fun to be part of. And so I offered to volunteer after that and have been volunteering ever since. And and several years ago, came on board as a full-time staff yeah, member. 2013, which been, right? I yeah. came on full staff and uh, excited to uh, do that. Uh, retired from the city of St. George and and came on here. And I love the games. It's awesome. It, it really is a great event. And and let me just say we we love having you as part of the team and working with you. And you certainly brought uh, so, some real um, experience and some benefits. I, I want to talk though. Um, I was say, the, the world is much rosier with him in the picture. That is for sure. <laughs> There's no question about that. I want to talk a little bit uh, about those beginning years. Then I want to really get into what happened this year. But but share some of your maybe impressions or your memories from way back in the day. 1988, this is the second year. The game started in 1987. 1988, you come on board as a volunteer. Um, way fewer athletes back then. Fewer, definitely, fewer definitely sports. Definitely fewer, yeah. Yeah, t- tell us a little bit about what it looked like back then from a volunteer perspective. Well, first off, uh, I think in 1987 when it started, it only had about eight different sports. Just a handful, uh, yeah. There was just a few, and and uh, and they were trying to build upon those. But one of the things that I helped with uh, initially was um, a program trying to help to get uh, people in the stands, basically people to cheer on these athletes when they had their opening ceremonies because in the beginning that was a, uh, an event, just trying to get people to, to come and be part of that. And, sure. And so uh, – we uh, we started going around uh, to all the schools and and started a, a peewee tennis program, and we worked it out so that when they competed at their schools, they would win, and they would come into Dixie College and compete at their tennis court for the finals, and then we would have those people come down to the stadium and announce who the winners were, and they had to come there to find out if to they find were. Out who won that they were the winners. And so that brought them and their families and people down. And we, we made those announcements. We also did a little demonstration of peewee tennis, which is, I mean, kids 
five, six, seven, eight, nine years old and, and still playing with like a, a Nerf type of ball. Uh, okay. I think today we call it pickleball. <laughs> <laughs> Be careful there. But it was Be very careful. similar size of court and, <laughs> yeah. and a ball that didn't go that didn't very far. As well. yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. So that was the way that you uh, had come up with to get people into the stands and, and welcome some of these senior athletes that are, even in those early days, they're coming from all over the place. I mean, we definitely had local athletes at that time. There's no question about it. But we had athletes that came from outside of the state and even outside of the country, even in the early days. Yeah, and, and that has grown uh, into what is now uh, 81 countries that are represented from from the games and and this particular year we had 32 countries that were represented uh, from that start. But every year since the beginning, we've had people come from outside of the country and many states that have, have come in and 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 that was part of the fun and the enjoyment that I had was uh, as I participated and volunteered and and uh, in '91 they started table tennis as one of the events that they did here and after a couple of years they asked me to help out with that. Uh, uh, with uh, I think his name was uh, Miss Back, and he okay. he came down from from Salt Lake. Grant Miss Grant, Patch. yeah, and he came down from uh, Salt Lake and ran that event, and I was his assistant and helped run table tennis, and and we had moved it out to the uh, the new armory at the time, uh, right, <laughs> and and ran it out there. But anyway, that that worked into uh, me also helping out with the basketball skills when. Uh, the director of that uh, got sick and passed away. Then I came in and jumped in and helped out with that. And uh, that's really where you and I met. You were yeah. you were the volunteer for basketball skills. We had kind of known each other through recreation and, and a few things, but that's where we really got to know each other. And you did that for a long time. How many years were you the basketball skills director? I I did that for uh, over a dozen years. Yeah, you know, it was fun. I really I really enjoyed that part of it. So you were there long enough to make friendships and you, you watched for people to come back every year and you kind of knew their styles, their shooting styles and what they were shooting for, what their goals were. And, and to me, that's been one of the uh, one of the great things about being involved in the games. It is. Every every year it was uh, the funnest part of the event was uh, seeing the athletes come back and, and seeing them again and talking to them. And as they come into the door, it's a big a big reunion basically and and um and it it was fun even as i uh and turned uh 10 years ago turned 50 and was able to start competing against them yeah and and that was that was fun too you're listening to the huntsman world senior games active life and we're visiting with games director of sports rosie rosander uh, he's been involved in the games for year, decades really decades and uh just been a uh a central figure in the games in a lot of different ways now serves as the director of sports. Let's shift gears just a little bit, Rosie, and talk about some of the great things that happened this year. This year was our 33rd year. Uh, you mentioned that we had 32 different countries represented. It's worth noting, I think, uh, of interest that Cayman Islands was a brand new country to us this year. We've never had athletes from the Cayman Islands before, and they came and, and competed this year. So we continue to grow internationally and uh, welcome those athletes from outside the country and from overseas. Um, you're the guy on the, on, the, on the boots on the ground, kind of, so to speak. Uh, you're the one who helps organize and manage all the sporting events that go on and all the various tournaments that are taking place. What are some of the things that uh, stood out to you this year about the games that uh, you, th you think might be interesting? 
Well, as, as you said, I, um, I am there uh, on the ground and trying to help get all of the events and uh, venues going. There are 130 uh, events that we run within those 32 sports and 63 different venues that we run. So, every- so, so be, be, explain that. What is, what is an event versus a sport so people understand what we're talking about? So, for example, in swimming, uh, you have swimming as a sport, but you might have uh, 11 or 12 different events like the 50, the 100, the the, the freestyle, freestyle, the backstroke, backstroke. Et, cetera, et cetera, things like that on that. And track and field, you have the, you know, the 100, the 200, the 400, the 800, so forth. So those are different events within that sport. So while the sports are going on, sometimes I think it's easy to just think of it as just a single sport. But really within the sport, there's many, many events that require expertise and experience and equipment and, you know, different setup for it. So how many did you say? A hundred and... We had uh, 130 different, 130 uh, different events, events within, within within the sport. Yeah, yeah, and and so my job is to make sure that each of those uh, events and each of those sports have the supplies that they need. That they also have the training, the expertise on running them, the rules and the officials and 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 those things. And that I mean that's a major part of my uh, job every day. So are we? So we started with seven uh, sports, and uh, do we have any new sports this year? We did. So uh, this year we, we had um, what we call shooting handgun, and um, it's taking uh, different handguns or pistols and and having that competition, and they divided it into to two sections, uh, a center fire and a rim fire, which uh, depends on where the, the pin hits the bullet. Yeah. And, and we had 50 athletes sign up for that, actually 75 in total, uh, because some of them did both events within that sport. Okay. And so that was a brand new sport. We've offered shooting sports for the past number of years, handgun being brand new this year. And we always say when, when we look at adding a new sport, if we can get 50 people to participate in that on the first year, that's a pretty successful first year sport. And we were able to do that with shooting handgun. Well, and that means trail running must have been uh, a successful. Wildly we successful. had 75 people do trail running, which blew me away. Cause when we talked about doing it, I said, we're only going to get about 20 people that luckily will even do this. I don't think there's any way of that being over that. And I'll admit, you know, public confession time that I kind of leaned with Rosie as well. I thought, let's give it a try. But if it doesn't work, we can always move on to something else. I think we were all pleasantly surprised well, when we had 75 people. I actually people. figured that it was going to be a big event because I I mean, I've seen people out there because my wife and I are on the trails quite a bit. We've seen a lot of people out there running, so we knew that there was a growing sport. So yeah. I was one that wasn't surprised. I mean, I was surprised at how big. I figured, I figured we'd get about 50. I didn't expect it to be 70. Yeah, that was a great first-year number, and, and hopefully we can grow upon that. And we're looking at uh, options of different trails, so we would have a couple events within trail running if we do that. So what is trail running as a sport? I mean, I, I think it's in the name, but how is it different it's, than running yeah, on the road or whatever? Well, it's it's pretty complicated. It's taking a trail and then running on it, <laughs> and they call it trail running. <laughs> but it does, but it does bring us with it its own set of, of challenges because the trails, I mean, the road running, you usually have a, a smooth surface. The trail running is uneven, so it adds a, a new dimension, and, and it's also easier on the knees because you're not running on hard pavement you're running on dirt yeah so no it's, there, it's a totally different dimension if you don't fall down yeah well, well that's true the <laughs> yeah. running part is easier on the knees falling is hard it hurts yeah. no matter where you fall that's the, for sure. the hard part is is that there's uh different uh uh changes in yeah, the road surfaces. with the rocks and the yeah. surfaces and things like that and so you have to watch where you're stepping versus uh 
you really want to look at the scenery because it's quite a scenic event. Yeah. But but you but at the same time you have to fight that urge because yeah. you do have to watch where your feet are are placed because uh you can go down. But uh, 75 runners, that's uh that's a very successful first year event for us. It is and 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 with our uh topography of this area, we have a lot of options with trails and so I can see that growing in popularity of not only people wanting to come here and view and see uh, trails that they've never been on or anywhere like that with the scenery that we have. So uh, hopefully it'll grow. Yeah, and I, I think that it will. I, I think I've become a believer myself in in the fact that this uh, this could be a really successful and a, and a big sport for us. Now, I happen to know that Rosie has um, tried different sports every year. I imagine that next year he's probably going to do the trail running just to see what it's like so he can, say, he can speak from personal experience. <laughs> Well, I don't know Is if that I'll on do your the, list for I don't, next year. Well, sooner or later, I've got it. I've got to do all of them. <laughs> tell us that's about. My tell goal. us about your goal. So my my goal is to do all the sports. Uh, I've said I'm I'm going to do 30 sports in 30 years. It has kind of a, a ring to it. But uh, so far, I've done uh, golf, shuffleboard, power walking, horseshoes, walking tours, which are all kind of a little easier uh, getting into. And then I got a little harder with swimming, softball, basketball, uh, five on five and then basketball skills. Uh, but this year I really did a challenge. I mean, this one just <laughs> ate me up literally as I tell us crashed. about your challenge this year. <laughs> I did, uh, the cycling crit and I did mountain biking downhill and, uh, and uh, it it was a challenge, especially the downhill on my uh, uh, Walmart Roadster. Yeah, uh, everybody laughing at me for the bike that I had when they had their two, three, four, two, three, five thousand dollar bike. And bike. I had my hundred dollar bike from Walmart, uh, but I but, but felt you, safe. But you were safe. You I were was safe, safe yeah, with my shoulder pads was... on and my motorcycle <laughs> helmet on uh, and my. Uh, uh, knee pads, elbow pads. I, I did feel safe, and I found out when I fell that uh, it wasn't too bad other than I, I hurt my wrist. It still hurts a little bit. <laughs> it still hurts today. <laughs> so uh, football shoulder pads, motorcycle helmet, volleyball elbow pads. I think you're covering all of your other sports all combined was, into yeah, one from so an equipment standpoint. So I'm counting them as different multiple sports this year. <laughs> But uh, that's fair. Anyway, anyway, it it was it was fun and and enjoyed, uh, and that's the funnest part again of the the sports is meeting those people, meeting the the cyclists and meeting the mountain bikers out there, and they were so gracious to me, even though inside they're probably laughing at me and what I look like and what I was riding. Uh, it was great to to visit with them and see them and get to know them. And then you also rode the Criterium for our cycling event. Uh, we've only got about a minute, but what was your experience riding the Criterium? Well, it was all great until my chain popped off, and and then everybody <laughs> oh, started uh, passing me. But uh, I was happy just one to compete that uh, to complete it, and uh, and I was also happy that I only got lapped once. <laughs> <laughs> Not everyone maybe is familiar with the Criterium, but it's uh, it's kind of a unique race. There is some strategy involved. You you go out as a group, and then you ride. At whatever pace that the group decides to ride at until the head official or the timer rings the bell and then it's a sprint to the end is that is that a fair description of it it is and uh, and it again it you know you go in circles and so there's an option where people can lap you if yeah. you're not fast enough and and uh, I was uh, just trailing them and and getting a good headwind blast from them and then all of a sudden my chain the came chain off. Came off. And, Next thing I knew, they were starting to come up from behind. <laughs> <laughs> but you finished. 
I did. I finished, and and I was so excited when I finished. And still had a great experience. Yes, I did. So just a a few seconds left. What are we looking at for next year? Is it trail running, or are we looking at something else? Uh, Next year, we're going to add men's soccer. We have women's soccer and have over 32 teams uh, this this year, and and we're going to add men's soccer next year, and also bocce ball. And if you don't know what that is, uh, get on Wikipedia and look it up or Google it. uh, (laughs) Because that's what we did. That's right. That's what we had to do. (laughs) But uh, it's going to be a fun event. Awesome. And you personally, what's your sport for next year? Uh, have you decided? I yet? have not decided, but right. we'll put all the sports in a hat and draw one of draw them one and out. figure that out in the spring. I hope it's women's soccer, personally. <laughs> that's not, that's what I'm rooting for. Rosie, thank you so much, uh, not only for joining us today, but for all that you do to make the game successful. We re- really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you very much, and thank you for having me. It, even though it's cold outside, it warms my heart to be here. Oh, that's so special. That is sweet. That is sweet. So, of course, as we know, the games are over. If you'd like to see the results, we're posting them at SeniorGames.net just as quickly as we can. In fact, I think we have the vast, vast majority of everything mm-hmm. is posted now. We might be missing one or two events. But for those who competed, that's a validation of the success that you had. And for those who have not taken the opportunity or not had the opportunity to compete yet, it gives you an idea of where the competition is at. If you're planning ahead, and why not plan ahead? Do it. Let's plan ahead. The dates for the 2020 games are October 5th through the 17th. So uh, keep that on your calendar. Once again, October 5th through October 17th of 2020. Remember to tune in live next and every Thursday at 5.30 p.m. Mountain Time on AM 1450 or FM 93.1 for the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life. You can also subscribe to our podcast pretty much anywhere that podcasts are found. Once you've subscribed, why don't you give us a rating and then write a quick review? It really goes a long way to help us spread the word. You can also find this as well as previous shows right on our website. Again, that is seniorgames.net, so check that out. Jeff, our inspirational thought comes from Vince Lombardi today. Are you ready? Great coach, yes. He says, there's only one way to succeed at anything, and that is to give it everything. That's true. Until next Thursday, stay active. Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone.